Pulp Fiction. I am Brandon Rivara. I am joined, as always, by my cohorts Jacob Crisip and Rachel Jameson. First of all, I'll say this. We're going to review Jurassic World this week. Also, we're going to run down our top five favorite directors of all time. Okay, folks, she's a little shy, so give her a hand when she comes out. Eyes on me. Good. We have a new attraction. Think it'll scare the kids? This will give the parents nightmares. He just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. It's killing for sport. You got 20,000 people with nowhere to go. We're going after it with everything we got. We're safe in here, right? We're reviewing the movie that just broke the all-time record for biggest opening weekend at the box office with uh, over $200 million in its first three days. Who held it before? It was actually Avengers. the Avengers. Okay. So I think Jacob's got a little bit of an attitude against this movie already. But we were reviewing Jurassic World. The description, 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park. Feel old? Yeah, that's, that's I cannot <laughs> believe yeah. It's been 22 uh, That is years. legit. That wasn't even like movie time. That's just legitimately since Jurassic Park came that out. That is That's crazy. Nice. We now have a fully functioning dinosaur theme park, Jurassic World, as originally envisioned by John Hammond. After 10 years of operation and visitor rates declining, in order to fulfill a corporate mandate, a new attraction is created to re-spark visitors' interest, which backfires horribly, to say the least. Uh, of course, starring Chris Pratt of Parks and Rec and Guardians of the Galaxy fame, Bryce Dallas Howard of Being Ron Howard's Daughter fame. This is Oklahoma fame and Oklahoma fame. Yes, absolutely. She's got oaky blood running through those veins. You didn't know, that? yeah, Ron Howard's a, an an oaky. Yeah, I did. I forgot. <laughs> and uh, directed, strangely enough, by Colin Trevorrow. Uh, who also directed Safety Not Guaranteed, which was a great movie, but that is all he directed, strange so, enough. Before anything is said, I'm going to make sure that whoever's listening, that we do do spoilers. And so if you don't want to hear them, I would suggest going and seeing the movie and then coming back and listening, because we're just going to throw whatever out, comes out first and right. not worry about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jurassic World, uh, I'll throw it over to Rachel, you first. Your initial thoughts on, on Jurassic World. I, I don't have a deep connection to Jurassic Park. Let me just get that out of the way. I saw it. I thought it was a fun movie. I liked it when I was a kid, and I was like, ooh, sweet dinosaurs. This is done really well. It's a good movie. But it was. it's not like a – I know it's one of Jacob's favorites. It's not like ingrained in my childhood or anything like that. I just thought it was a really good movie. Jurassic World, if you want to see dinosaurs chasing people and eating people, you'll love Jurassic World. <laughs> if you want a – Logical plot line with well thought out characters. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I have I have so so many issues with this movie, and I guess maybe it's overly critical because no, it's not because Jurassic Park was a legitimately good movie. It was meaning that you can make a good action movie about dinosaurs. This was not that. So it's not overly critical. I was going to say it's a little overly critical to be that way about a dinosaur movie, but it's not. They could have made a good movie and they didn't. They didn't flesh out any of the characters uh, at all. The love story was ridiculous. I- I'm going to go off about this for a while. Those are my initial thoughts. I'll pass it to Jacob and we'll come back around to that. Otherwise, I'll just sit here and bash the movie for the next 15 yeah. minutes. I saw it Friday night. My mom had just saw it and at like two... And I called her, like, right when she was walking out, I was like, hey, did you really just go see it? Because I'm about to go. So she just turned around and walked back in. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, I saw it at 5 on Friday, and that's why I texted you immediately afterwards. I was yeah. like, we need to talk now. <laughs> um, because overly, I'm just, I was just frustrated. Like, ha- uh, let's see. Like, I can just say in a whole, I thought the movie was entertaining. Uh, how do you not enjoy dinosaurs and, uh, you know, that part of it? Uh, but there are just so many things in the storyline that just drove me insane and that I just cannot ignore. But um, I'll wait off on some of that for a little bit because I met, well, I bet we all lash out about the same things. Yep. Um, but overall, um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It was entertaining. It served its purpose. Is I mean, does it deserve to hold the all time record? I, that, that, that really caught me by surprise. Absolutely. But me too. I, I think I did hear someone say like, you know, we have waited 22 years or, I mean, First of all, did you all see the second and third one? I don't yeah. remember the third one. I don't remember them very well. I saw them both, and and I don't remember the third one very like yeah. I couldn't tell you a single scene. It's almost to the point where I'm like, did I even watch it? Because I don't remember one scene from the third one. Yeah, I I didn't watch either one of them because to me it was like Home Alone. Like, oh, we're gonna do this again? Okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I skipped the sequels. Right, but, but I, this... I know there's a talking Velociraptor in a dream sequence. And that's really? It. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I've seen it, I've I seen made it the right choice. Because people have been kind of teasing that you know that the third one's just that bad, right? Um, wow. But uh, I just didn't see that coming as far as the sales go. Regardless, I mean, God, there was a, a ton of kids in my audience, a ton of them. I yeah. was surprised um, because you know more people died in this one. I think it seemed like than all the other three combined. Absolutely, it was well, there were more people on the island. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well. The, because um, the park was actually open. Right. I guess I don't have a problem with, um, but I guess when I, you know PG thirteen and there was that many little kids in there, it just kind of caught me off guard. But hey, it wasn't horribly gory though. The deaths weren't gory. No, no, but there was a little bit of blood. There like was. There, there would be like they wouldn't actually show like say a right. bite and blood. Right. They would show an attack, cut <laughs> away blood. Over blood. Like blood splatter. Yeah. Like, there was. So I saw it twice actually. Um, I saw it, the first time I saw it was just uh, regular screening and and I was like this actually might look okay in 3D. Yeah. So I went back and watched it in 3D and it was fine. But speaking of a blood scene when the guy gets picked up by the um, Indominus Rex. Above the tree line and blood just falls into the leaves. Yeah, that works pretty well in 3D. A Did little it? Bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it, I mean, whatever. I personally don't care, but I was just surprised at how many children were there. Yeah. Um, Did they seem kind of like you talked about how you were as a kid when you saw Jurassic? Oh, it was Park? such a different experience. Okay, yeah. but that could be me. I don't. Know. I didn't hear people yelling, screaming. Well, kids are know, a little bit more desensitized crying. now than they were in '92. They're true. used to seeing special effects and things like that. Jurassic Park was just kind of like the first time 
we were really exposed yeah, to that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's why everybody was kind of in awe of it, and that doesn't really exist so much. I don't know. These I just days. don't know because, uh, like, I remember I told y'all a week ago. Like, I remember I was going to see Jaws in Pittsburgh uh, a year or two ago, and people were still reacting or making noises in the audience, and yeah. you know, it's just. You know, the first one was more considered a horror movie, I guess. And but I'm sorry, there was a lot of there's some there could be considered some, I guess, uh, uh, not horror. You're right, just because there were bloodier parts. But I just had no reaction to it. Right. And that primarily stems on what you talked about, which was the lack of character development. Yes, uh, there was really no one I cared for. You didn't care, like when, um, when you saw people die, it didn't matter because there were these cardboard characters. And they anyways. were making such illogical choices about everything. I always have a major problem in that in movies where you're just making dumb choices. Like, nobody would ever make these choices. Yeah. That's actually one of my biggest issues with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, I'll let you go ahead. Well, I'll, uh, here's my thing. Yes, there were a lot of issues, and, and I probably had more problems with it. Than, we're going to get into the problems. Um, I will say, though, I was entertained. I was frustrated while I was watching because – there were a lot of dumb choices. The the characters didn't make any sense. Some of the characters were annoying, especially the two kids were just terrible. I couldn't stand the older brother. The older brother was just terrible. Like he, he made me the most angry. Yeah, he was he was just a bad character. He was a douchebag. He was a douchebag. Yeah. And it wasn't even I can't put it any other way. Yeah, he was he was. He was a <laughs> douche. A kid and it a didn't give you even any reason for him to be a douche. Like no. at least give us some sort of backstory. And then things like you know, his parents Ray, were getting divorced. He was angry. Yeah, yeah that had that, relevance. Yeah, and that didn't have any relevance. <laughs> but he didn't even believe that, and and that came out of nowhere. The kids started crying hysterically. Dinosaur park. And then it he never gets on touched on the plane on the way yeah, to the dinosaur park. And then it never gets touched on again. <laughs> no. It was so absurd. Yes. But yeah, there uh, the characters were frustrating. And as a matter of fact, one of my biggest issues was that they misused Chris Pratt. You have Chris Pratt, who's hilarious, he's charming, yep. he's all these things, and you just made him a bland character. Just a missed opportunity. If yeah, it, it was if with, it with were, a lot of characters. Yes. That's true. If but, it were not Chris Pratt, that character, would have I would have wanted to punch him in the face. I would have hated that character if it weren't because it was Chris Pratt and he has kind of a natural charisma. I thought he was kind of a jerk. Why? I did not like really? that character. See, I, didn't, See, I, didn't, I didn't feel I didn't that get, way. I didn't get that vibe. See, I didn't get that either. But uh, but I got the vibe. It's like, uh, this guy can do no wrong. I mean, he's catching flies in midair. Yeah, that was yeah. ridiculous. I think that maybe what ticked and, me off uh, about it, it was just so absurd that it made me angry almost. Yeah. Like he... See, I didn't, I, I didn't have a problem with him. I just felt like they misused him. I, was, I just felt like anybody could have played that role. And yes. if you have Chris Pratt, who is who just oozes charm and charisma mm-hmm. and and has such great comic timing and all those things, why in the world are you going to use him for a character that, that any I could have played? Um, okay, so we'll get into the issues some more. You can actually say that about any character in this movie. That's what Anyone I was going to say. That applied to everybody. That is true. Absolutely. Um, they're all one-dimensional uh, and very bland, and that's and that was also a script thing. And you wasted Vincent D'Onofrio, who's one of the great character actors, on a on a character that made no sense as the military guy who wanted to use dinosaurs uh, for the military, and that's okay with he's which is sort of a, a noble thing if he wants to fight for his country, but at the same time he doesn't care about a whole park of of innocent people dying to get his way it made no sense whatsoever yeah. all that said i was entertained by the dinosaurs <laughs> that, and the that's the hardest sucked. thing about it is the that people it's still sucked. entertaining 
But God, I just can't forgive yeah. those characters. Yeah. And and I will say this: it ended on a good note because that last battle was so badass. Between for me that they and I knew they were gonna. I was like, they're not showing us the T Rex. Why aren't they showing us? It's like they're gonna bring out the T Rex at the end, aren't they? They better bring out the T Rex at the end. And sure enough, they bring out the T Rex at the end because it was kind of the last ditch. All right, this and it's kind of like the classic. You know, the T Rex is a bad guy, but. You've known him now for 22 years as like the guy in Jurassic Park, and then you got this new like cloned, you know, in a tube guy ruling things. Like, no, screw that. The T Rex could kick your butt. And so I love that they brought him back. The battle at the end kind of saved it for me. So that's my thought. See, I didn't like the battle at the end either. I wasn't that impressed. I, I by it. Really, we, we can pick this thing apart all night long. <laughs> uh, I thought that was just silly. It was just an excuse to do dinosaur on dinosaur. Oh, absolutely, it was. <laughs> yeah, I it mean, was a hundred percent. If that's but what you're after. Going back to what Rachel was saying, it's like the my biggest frustration was common sense. All right, let's talk about the pterodactyl scene real quick. Okay, <laughs> and this is just bad directing, in my opinion. All right, so I was listen. I know if if, if Pterodactyls are flying out of the sky to eat you. You know, yeah, I wouldn't be freaking out if you're in a mob of people. But the first instinct I would think would be to go inside. Yes, I thought and the same thing. First off, it was a long, it was a long shot, and so all it was was people running di- extras running diagonal, yep. back and forth and back and forth. Yep. And, and it was just like wow, 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 wow. And um, well, sorry. I'll I when I was watching that scene, insane. I actually texted Brandon and was like. You've got an island, an island, an isolated area full of dinosaurs, and you don't have a better emergency plan than like there's one door. How about everybody their hotel line rooms? up? No, I mean, I mean how anywhere. About get in a building. Rooms? Yeah, it was, it was, and, and like you said, a history. Good call, by the way. An and island. a history. sitting outside with a bunch of loose animals. Yes, and yeah. a history of like just terrible things. And a history that they hit on a few times. Yes. They brought back up. Um, which I will say the one character that was Jake Johnson's character I was did funny. Like him. And, and Miss no, another miscasting. Or no, sorry, miss character. Yeah, they misused yeah. him. He he, he could have been a lot better. He was very funny. They should have used him more. I but I got the I got the the granddaddy stupid choice of them all that you guys haven't mentioned yet. That's worse than anything you said. So Bryce Dallas Howard is in a panic because she remembers all of a sudden that, oh, yeah, my nephews are on this island. I should probably go save them. Okay, cool. I forgive you for forgetting that for the first 20 minutes that there's a huge dinosaur on the loose and people are dying. Whatever. That's stupid. But what made it so much worse is that her and Chris Pratt are are driving through to find her nephews with a dinosaur on the loose that is killing people, and they stop and cry over a dinosaur for five minutes. That was so stupid. The dinosaur, remember the... No, I absolutely... The brontosaurus... The reason they were doing that is Was just, for character development. Is to show that she... Oh, they are animals, not assets. Right. And but I get that, but her nephews... Down. I have nephews, and if they... If there's a dinosaur on the loose, I, I don't need a moment of character development. I need to go find my nephews. I, that was so frustrating to me. I mean, I agree, but they kind of... They painted her as kind of like a, I'm a career woman and I'm tough and I. But that's I, even more. I, horrible I just called story. her the the chick with the stick up her butt is what I called her for the entire like she's she's no fun she's not interesting at all. I honestly thought she was probably the only character that developed a little. She did slightly, and, but it was whereas, such whereas a no one else really didn't. Right, but it was such a contrivance to. 
it was so contrived for them to just put that in there, and it was a bit of a callback to the first film when when they they cried over. I can't remember what it was. Yes, but that was done appropriately. It was done appropriately. This was not, and it wasn't done in the middle of them needing to save two two children that you know are related to her. I was so mad at them because I knew what they were doing. I knew what the 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 filmmakers were doing in that moment and it was so man- manipulative. Yes, it yeah. I go back to the blind side. It was it Such was a so manipulative it was movie. so frustrating. Um other issues with Jurassic World. Well, okay, do y'all just have like I I I caught uh cringe-worthy moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um so like the kiss uh, uh, after the pterodactyls. So yes. I wrote, I wrote yes. a ton here, but the kiss was one. Uh, let's see um the trash can push for him to knock his uh, Pepsi into. Oh yes, um, that's a good one. Oh, speaking of the, Pepsi, the the plot, the product the placement, product placement was, yeah, was yeah, out of control. Placement. It was frustrating. Him, him drinking the Coke, you know, while uh, working yes. on the motorcycle. I was, yes. I was like, you know, I've never. I re- sometimes I know this product placement, but I can't recall a movie that had more product placement and than so this movie. more obvious. It was so yeah. like you're being even, beaten over the head. Even with the it. cars they the pull Mercedes. up and the Mercedes Benz is mm-hmm. like. Right there, yes. and they even like, oh, to look, it's a 1992 Jeep Sahara yeah. tan. I was like, wow, let's just give the entire make and model of the car. I will say the one thing I forgave him for because this is how real theme parks are. The theme park itself, where every kind of exhibit was sponsored by, even though it was still that product placement, but okay. it does that, make yeah, sense. Yeah, that didn't bother me. Because if you've me. ever been to Disney World or Six Flags, you know that's how it is. I so honestly I didn't really okay even notice that. that. It was just that Coke thing. That was that was that, the best. well. It was just so, and he was holding the label right like to the perfectly. Yeah, do you see the, the way? Camera. Because you know the director was oh, like, yeah. no, no, twist it one fourth of an inch <laughs> more. It's not directly uh, in the center of the angle. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so other 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 parts would be like when they find the the jeeps. When the boys find the jeeps uh, on the island, and they're like, "Hey, do you have a match? That that match still?" Those are match out too. And then, like, I mean, just a minute or so later, he's like, "He's like, remember when we used to fix Grandpa's old car?" And then they fix the car and they take off. And he failed his driver's test. Just, yeah, mean, he failed his like, driver's there was test. Such conflicting yes, information I mean, there was in that one. So much convenience. Going yes, on. convenience. That was the biggest thing. Well, and like, I guess this the gas from 22 years ago and the oil is still good. Yeah. I mean, it was just so stupid. Apparently, there was an extra battery that worked just fine just laying around in that garage, right. even though nobody's been over there for 22 years. Well, that's a good point. You know, when they're doing all the uh, nostalgic part of going through the old parks, you know, and they... Which they, I thought was cool. The, uh, I, 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 I like those cool. nuts. Yeah. Uh, but they pick up, like, the old uh, night vision goggles, and they start, still work after 20-something years, you know? Right, right? yeah. Uh, all right, cool, whatever. I mean, yeah. whatever. Uh, the other cringeworthy moment I'll say before I, the really the big ones, uh, is like, all right, so the guy falls in the pit, um, with the pigs the, the, at the very beginning, the little oh, yes, nerdy yes. new guy. Yeah. All right. So when they're leaving later on in the movie and they're like, all right, press the button so we can all let the raptors out and go chase down the Indominus Rex. Oh, right, right, right. And the guy, it, it zooms in on the scrawny guy just going, <clears throat> and pressing the button. <laughs> And I don't know if anyone caught that. But I, I was didn't like, catch "Wow, that. overacting!" I didn't catch um, that. That's awesome. Though. But uh, you know, the biggest <laughs> ones for me was basically when the T Rex, the, the Raptors, and Indominus all fought each other, and then after the Indominus Rex was you know killed, I know they say. had the T Rex Raptor moment. Uh, and they're like, you know, nod at each other, like, All yes, right, boy. And, <laughs> and then they go separate ways, and then Chris Pratt and the Velociraptor has their nodding, nodding moment, moment. Yeah. and uh, they go their separate ways, and it's just, it was just 
terrible. <laughs> I think I think the biggest one though for me was the slow motion Velociraptors blue coming in like you know to attack and help out. And I just I mean I remember I just went you're my boy blue or whatever. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Like the slow motion. I kind of thought that was cool honestly. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll admit that couldn't do it for for me in a movie that was filled with with human characters that were just awful or, or annoying or misused or all those things. For me, at least, the dinosaurs were still entertaining. Right. I'm still entertaining. And, and the fight... And, and I'm a sucker I'm for... I'm in agreeance. And, and I'm a sucker for, like, say, movies like Best of the Best. It's like, okay, you get the best from this country, the best from this country, <laughs> and let's bring it on. Like or like, or like or yeah, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Or like Magic versus Bird. Like, I want to see the best of the best. So I... I will say I was full. You guys can both make fun of me. I don't care. But I was all in on the T Rex versus a Dominus Rex battle. Well, that, I was like, that's that's why I'm having so many pro- so much problems. How I how I feel about this movie because while the character part just drives me insane, I don't know how to rate this movie because I was entertained. Yeah, it was that entertaining. Stuff, it I absolutely mean, even was. It was silly. That's what it was. It was just silly. Um, yeah. But I still kind of had a good time. And so right. it's yeah. like I don't I don't know what to do with it right now. Well, and and okay. To touch on that, I think that maybe the dumbest moment of it all was also one of the coolest mo- moments. So it's kind of that same balance. Like, okay, that was really stupid, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. So I don't know how to feel. And the moment I'm talking about was when the Adominus Rex was, was swallowed at the end by the big sea creature. I can't remember its name. I saw name. that coming. Yeah. Mosasaurus. But, but it, yes, that's what it was. Thank you. Um, okay, really, really cool moment. But it's so stupid because apparently... This thing could have killed people that were at the park all these years. If it can just <laughs> jump out of the water and and take down a Dominus Rex, apparently it could have killed these people. Didn't we talk about this already? Or did I vent my frustration to someone else? I don't know. It's that was such bother me at all. Really? No, see, at all. I, but but why not? Because I so, thought that so, was pretty cool. <laughs> see, I did think it was cool, but I thought it was so dumb as far as like a screenplay goes because you're telling me that the sea creature could have jumped out at any time. And attacked anybody that was on that walkway, right? I mean, that's what it did. So why? That's not very safe. Maybe because it's, no, maybe but because nothing in that park is water. safe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it jumped over over the like you hey, know. The smartest guy on the island was the guy that was training the raptors. <laughs> I mean, like, are we really like? Oh, there's a lot of stupid things. I'm sure a lot of dinosaurs could have got out and killed people if they really wanted to. I just didn't think that made any sense. I mean, you you I, you can't tell me that it can do this at any point, but then you have millions of people coming through the park all the time. It was just so dumb. But I thought it was really maybe cool. they kept him full of That's kind of how I feel about the whole movie. I, I can see it now, but it just never really crossed my mind as much as some so many other things, but. My personally, my <laughs> problems weren't with the dinosaur stuff. It was cheesy, it's just the but it's fine. But it it was entertaining. I didn't really have a problem with that. It was just how illogical all of the characters were. I, all the dino- I just like the the battle. At the end didn't bother me. I just didn't find it particularly interesting. No, I thought it was so cool, um, and I did think so it was really cool that that Chris Pratt's little Velociraptors chose him over. Yeah, I was, I I was glad was he had a cool. friend. Yeah, I was, I was all in so on the cheesy stupid. battle. That thing would have eaten him. It's just that's the first one had just things that would make sense. There's so many things that did not make sense in this movie. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Here's a problem I had. They genetically engineered this dinosaur. Why in the world he would ever need to be invisible is beyond me. 
I don't know why you'd engineer him with the ability to be invisible. Well, wasn't that explained yeah. by they? They had to use. I, I can't remember if it was the frog or the salamander. Lizard. Yeah, that. But I think they needed some sort something of DNA from, from that for something, and then it just happened it. to like. Well, but he also gets those characteristics. I don't. I don't remember if they specifically wanted it to be able to be camouflaged. Or it was just happenstance because they used a DNA from, from the salamander. Okay, well... And that was something else I could do. Here's another question, then. Tell me about an animal that just kills for fun. I without being provoked. written down. I, w- I was like, you know, tell me an animal that can set booby traps. And I actually don't know how to spell booby, so I wrote... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, animals don't just attack for sport. They have to be threatened. They have to be defending themselves or they have to be hungry. Right. Yeah. This was none of those things. That... That there was, there angered was, me from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, this dinosaur was a huge animals. jackass. Uh, they're just, they're it, it made no sense. Yes. I mean, and that's what the entire plot was based on, was was it just killing at random, which I'm like, oh, that's super freaky. It doesn't make any sense at all. I guess if that existed and that's really what he was doing, you're all screwed, so that's scary. Yeah. But it makes zero sense to me. No, that, di- that didn't make any sense. That really bothered me a lot for the entire movie. You want to know another thing that was really incredibly stupid? Okay. So, oh no, we can't find this huge dinosaur creation we made. Um, let's send in our guys to look for it in the cage. And then you find out it has a tracking device. Shouldn't the first thought have been, oh, it has a tracking device. Yep. Let's find out where it is. Not, oh, go in there and find him. Yeah, with Paul Blarth running the thing. <laughs> yeah. Another cliche character. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Uh, I thought the same thing. It's like... Why would you even put a tracking device where they can claw it out once you put it on their back? I don't know. It's just yeah. There yeah. there were a lot of dumb things in the movie, and yet, like you said, I was entertained. I came away. I guess in, intellectually, I'd give the movie. You know, it it wasn't the dumbest movie I've ever seen, but it it wasn't very good. I'd give it like a a four, but on the entertainment special effects side of things, I mean, I'm looking at like a an eight or a nine. So I guess I end up with like a, a seven. See, I'm at a five or a six and I want to so bad, like put it in front of some other movies, like say spy, but I'm sorry, but spy was the better movie. Yeah. Isn't that weird to say Technically, too? Right? It was, yeah. so it was smarter. These movies sometimes, but I would never guess that a Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah. I hate to say that. Maybe, and maybe that's the part where I shouldn't say that because well, if you like it, you like it. Right. I don't know. That's the part where my rankings, are controversial sometimes. I don't know. I overall would not have given this movie a fresh. And I don't I don't say you. that often because usually Isn't the enjoyment wrong? lever is high enough for me to like excuse other things in the movies even if I didn't particularly love them. I'm pretty lenient with my fresh ratings, but I would have given this a rotten. Really? Would you give it a rotten or a nah, fresh? I'd give it a 60. Yes, I, I don't I, think I, I enjoyed it as, as well. much as you, but I just naturally I don't like action movies as much as either one of you do. So the action, I was like, ah, oh, that's all right. I didn't think it was like I wasn't super involved. Huh. So I, I would have given it probably a six. See, I grew up on Godzilla movies. Let's say you must have played with Barbie when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up on Godzilla movies. And besides the first few, a lot of those were dumb. But at the end of the day, if I could see Godzilla fight a huge, you know, three-headed dragon, I was happy. So... So it was kind of that thing there at the end. I got to see a T-Rex fight this, you know, genetically engineered creation. I, I hey, had fun it, with it. Hey, it 
did its purpose. They're going to make a lot of money off toys and oh yeah, they will. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. I mean, do you think there's going to be another sequel? Absolutely, a hundred percent. One because there, there's a whole dialogue I forgot about between uh, Doctor Wu and um, oh Vincent D'Onofrio's character, where Wu gets off the island with all the embryos. They're going to yeah. do a whole new Jurassic World on some other place. It's not You're going right. to be yep. the Nubler anymore. And then Genetech or Genek or Gentech or whatever it's called is going to be the new bad guy, basically. Yeah, it's, you're right. I, I can totally see that coming. Um, I, I and of course, yeah, if they make this much money, shoot, there's going to be plenty more sequels. So you know, yay! Yeah, <laughs> and that's what sucks because there just were so many missed opportunities. There I were. could have easily liked this movie, but they're just uh, just, just and, and I did, but I didn't, but I did. Yeah. It was it was a hard one to rate. It was a hard one to like if someone would just say like did you like the new Jurassic World? I would have a I would say it wouldn't be an easy it. answer. Uh, I won't rank it till the end of the year, but because uh, I don't know where to put it. Did, I, it's, it's hard. Did either of you read the IO9 article about it because it was fantastic? Mm-mm. No. Uh Basically, it's it's just a run through of uh, kind of a conversation of somebody explaining what the movie was to somebody who hasn't seen the movie. And it's hilarious. Uh, they're talking about why they would make the Indominus. And uh, the response is, early on, Howard says that people are bored with regular old dinosaurs and want something bigger and scarier. Then the movie shows that Jurassic World is jam-packed with tourists who seem 100% content <laughs> to see all the regular old dinosaurs because dinosaurs are awesome. I did uh, think of that. It's, it's an entire article of just like all the stupid stuff that happened in the movie that's and why i couldn't stand hilarious. the older brother it's like it's like oh i'm too good for this i'm gonna play yeah, the whole time like it's a freaking okay, dinosaur i, I call bs <laughs> what person would not be excited about going to a Jurassic or, or whatever a dinosaur park yes yeah time? yes exactly. i thought the same because that was the thing like okay if they'd been there five or six times like the first time i rode the texas giant i thought it was amazing no nah, i've been to six flags like nine or ten times like yeah texas giant <laughs> take it or leave it so i would get that mm-hmm. but this was his first time i don't care if you know that dinosaurs exist, the first time you go, you're going to be freaking blown away. I guarantee you, if I go to the zoo and I see them feed the lions, I'm going to watch, and I'm yes. going to be pretty stoked about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it just absolutely. Makes, that makes zero. And sense why did me. all these girls on the island think he was so cute? Well, uh... <laughs> that was an issue I had to. Like this isn't even that good a looking a kid. He's got no charisma. Stop smiling at him. I was so frustrated. Like stop. Stop flirting with this douche. His, his hormones were all over the place, and that's not even an excuse. It was just, it was just bad. It was. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> it also says so he they made the die. dinosaur version of the predator, and I was like, yeah, well, yes, I actually exactly thought of that with all camouflage and it, that that first scene where where it attacked uh, the people hunting it. I actually did think of the predator. Uh, I thought the same thing when they brought in the military guys. Uh, towards the end, I was like, "That's a poor man's Jesse Ventura right there." Yeah. Um, but actually, a lot of people are saying that the scene with the guys, the asset containment squad, that that's a nod to Aliens, especially when they have all the cameras on oh. and they're getting just you know, ripped through. I thought that was a pretty cool comparison. Hmm. I could see um, that, yeah. But um, the last, the last thing I had to say, I'm just curious what y'all's opinion on is because people are going nuts over this on IMDb. Is the death of the nanny, the her Zara's her character? People name. are going crazy I mean, going over that. Ballistic, really? Over her and yep. how she died and how well it was gruesome. It was. it was gruesome. It was. It was. I think it's the best death of the whole franchise. It, it was. It, <laughs> it was a fantastic. Okay, I agree. It was a fantastic. Janeiro's was pretty cool, but 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 usually I agree that it was a fantastic death. I thought it was really well done. But I think the problem is that she was innocent. She was. She wasn't a right, bad guy. Right. It, 
she wasn't necessarily a protagonist or anything like that, but she was a generally positive person and an innocent person. And typically those kind of deaths are saved for villains. So I think if you would have seen uh, D'Onofrio, for instance, if it would have happened to him or um, Wong, if it would have right. happened to him, I think that you would have had a different response to people who wouldn't be freaking out. An article I read, though, and this wasn't a post. It was an article. Someone just said that, you know, with her being on the phone, with her kind of always – they just said – he said that they made her – they tried to make her out to be kind of a bitch. But that wasn't enough for me to feel like she was warranted that death. Right. Absolutely. Um, but, man, I mean, even when I watched it the second time and she goes in that water, I mean, that's just like a Jaws moment. It I, was. Which is a nice nod to Jaws. I mean, yes. it's just like, whoa. I mean, you just knew. The whole audience just kind of just knew what was coming. Yeah. But, again, like, it was it was, it was was still kind of wasted on a character that just wasn't developed at all. Agreed, we already saw her. We did. Um, but, man, people are going nutso over that. Yeah, they are. Um I've seen the same thing. Good, it's such a weird thing good to pick death, out. Like a great movie death, but bad person who they did it to, maybe. Yeah. But that's apparently that's the first woman death in Jurassic Park movies. Really? I guess so. I can't think of... Well, I don't remember the third. Yeah. But I don't know anyone in the second one. My buddy, my buddy Todd, who, who enjoyed the movie uh, quite a bit, he had an issue with it. It was one of the first things he, he talked to. He actually has a, movie, he has a movie podcast. You can check out Podcast of Doom if you want to. Uh... But her death, he was really bothered by it. He thought it was really unfair and gory and gruesome for... I'll for... give people that, but... I really didn't think anything of it when it happened. I was like, oh, that's cool. It didn't occur to me that that was going to be controversial in any kind of way. Did you see the Jimmy Buffett cameo? No, he, he I was, know. He, was, he was, you know, well, he's got Margaritaville was in it, and apparently he runs by. I did see the Margaritaville. The guy grabs his Margaritas while he's getting yeah. <laughs> That cracked me up. So stupid. It just... <laughs> One uh, last thought that we all hit on before we started recording is that the divorce was brought up for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it was. It was here was the reason they tried to tug at heartstrings and and try to. It was one of those things you had a bunch of one dimensional characters, so you try to add these generic, you know, life lessons and and hardships to characters that haven't really earned it. If we if we spend any more time and they actually fleshed out these characters at all, that would mean something. But since they spent no time with it, it was it was throwaway. It's very forced. Yeah, very forced. I, I really can't think of anything else that I have to say about it. Uh, other than I'm still just frustrated and confused on my feelings over it. And I'll have to think about it for a while. I, I, just, I don't know. Be sure to tune in next week when Jacob watches it again and tells you how much he loves it. <laughs> I, I've seen it twice what? now. I've seen That's it twice what? now. I don't know. Maybe October. I don't know. Um, okay, well, that is our thoughts on Jurassic World. Sounds like we kind of have we're kind of all over the place on this, um, but I, I think general audiences have have liked it for the most part. It seems like general audiences, but of course, then again, their their taste in movies are nearly as cultured as ours. So that's why we have a podcast, and they don't <laughs> exactly. What are we watching, Jacob? As I as I mentioned last week, I was going to watch Sense Eight, and so I did watch the first four episodes. And I kind of read a little bit online. Um, I think right before I watched it, so I knew a little bit what to expect, as in like hang in there kind of thing. And um, I'm glad I did 
at the same time, I'll just say in general, I still have just kind of quit after four episodes. I figure if you've watched four and you're not just all in at that point, then that should say something right there. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I'm not going to finish it because I, I need to give it a full chance. Um, but it's, it's just an interesting show where you have eight characters in eight different places in the world. Um, and they all have, I don't show the description in front of me, but they all have uh, a thing in common where they can sense each other's feelings, emotions, even placements where they're at in time. So if one of them's about to get into a fight, someone who actually has kickboxing, kickboxing experience might chime in and help them kickbox. Really? But they don't know what's going on. That's a thing. It just kind of happens where, like, Daryl Hannah is in the very beginning, like, the first episode, and she has, like, these skills, these very special set of skills, where, uh, and she passes on to these eight characters. And so it's like, boom, it happens, and all of a sudden these eight characters, who are all, like, you know, uh, 20s, 30s ages, they're kind of having some weird dreams or visions that they're, um, you know, well, dreams and visions. And they just think it's just kind of a weird deal. Or they're like, ah, oh, that was strange. But problem with the story is that there's not a lot of dialogue. And so they do a lot of the reactions off of just action or just like maybe looking around or just kind of confusing looks and things like that. So there's a lot There's a lot of problems with it. Um, but is the it premise boring? is there. Is it boring? It's slow. Yeah. The first two episodes are slow, slow, slow because they're trying to set it all up. And it gets a little bit more action, you know, in the third and fourth. I mean, there are some similarities, which, you know, because it's the Wachowski. Yeah, Wachowski. Wachowski's, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, to Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Um, uh, there is. Similar, but like in this sense, though, uh, they're seeing each other. These the, the eight are seeing each eight. But yet no one's bringing it up except for one person. Of course, and she gets kind of thrown into a loony bin because of it. So it's it's interesting. It's a It's an interesting premise. I need to watch more to give maybe a, a better, but still, still trucking. Uh, it's all right. And then I told you how I was watching Band of Brothers. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of moved from that directly into, I guess, the History Channel did a World War II saga, uh, ah. documentary style, like in 2009. And so it's like a 10 or 12 part series that that's uh, on Netflix right now. And uh, they found a lot of live uh, video that no one had ever seen. And they basically are just kind of doing the chronolog, 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 Chronological. Chronological order. <laughs> World War II. Uh, just in short, because I talked a little bit about Brandon Brothers. Um, there's just a lot of things that, as us being a younger generation, you just you didn't realize happened. Or, like, I didn't realize how much we were in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, knew that I we were know. in Africa and things like that. But just, you know, it really doesn't even get into the D-Day and the Europe stuff until, like, six episodes in. Oh, so, really? Uh, it, but it's really interesting. And... Um, it's something I didn't say last week, but you just kind of forget about all the things these men did to sacrifice for our country, and it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, let's see. I saw Love and Mercy, which is the kind of Ray version slash Walk the Line version of uh, Brian Wilson. Right, yeah. And the Beach Boys. Yeah, I'm, I I want to see it because I like the Beach Boys, but from the preview, and you can tell me if I was right or wrong, it looked more like... A movie about Brian Wilson's love life than it did kind of a, a movie about the Beach Boys and how they formed and the rise to fame. So yeah. it, it looked less interesting to me than if it would have been more of a biography of the Beach Boys themselves. Yeah, okay, it's, it's definitely about Brian Wilson. Okay. It's, a, it's a two-part story. It just follows two, uh, two lines. Basically, old Brian Wilson going through um, 
I guess, well, I'll say, you know, his personal, obviously we know his personal issues with paranoid schizophrenia, um, but really it's more so this psychologist that was helping him through his troubled times that it is a whole other story that I never even knew existed where this guy had like kind of drugged him and was over prescribing him medication. Yeah. I didn't know and that uh, it got sent to court and the whole thing that I just didn't know. And then the other storyline, which is the part that I really enjoyed and I wanted to see so much. In fact, when it was on, I loved. And then when it switched over to the, the later storyline, I didn't like as much. So I don't know if y'all know, like I'm a big Radiohead fan. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was going. I just pulled up a month ago, like um, you know, when Radiohead's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and so they're eligible in 2018. And so I was reading all these uh, boards on people's opinion about Radiohead, and you know, they can have their opinion. I can understand if people don't like it. I get it, but they're bringing up albums that were better than you know, um, OK Computer. And Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds yeah. came up, and I was like, it's considered one of the top few albums of right. all time. Well, like a couple years ago, about five, I listened to Pet Sounds for the really the first time. And I remember, well, actually, I didn't remember it. Um, like any of the tracks outside of maybe one or two that you maybe recognized. And then I just randomly a month ago, I pulled it up again and started listening to it. And, you know, it's funny you're listening, you've been watching Big Love, Rachel, because like that opening, you know, scene is uh, God Only Knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a great song. And, oh, it's a fantastic song. Right. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's like, okay, I have a, maybe a little more appreciation for it, but still kind of feel the same way. And, uh, but after watching this movie, I went and watched a, like a 50 minute documentary that was on YouTube about it. And then I found something else where Primetime in like 1991 interviewed this, uh, this psychologist guy mm-hmm. and, uh, just all the craziness that happened there. So I really kind of got wrapped up with the story and all that. I'll just try and sum it up real quick by just saying that um, it was really good. People are calling for already Oscar nods to both Paul Dano and John Cusack, which I completely disagree with. Oh, really? But they are good in it. Yeah. Um, they are good in it. Uh, the directing's really good. The the music part's great. And then watching them, it's ba- it basically starts with the making of Pet Sounds. See, that's cool. See, that's what I would want to see. And to see and the, him and the... working in the studio and, uh-huh. and uh, directing the orchestra really gives you an appreciation for... That was Brian Wilson's album, album, not the Beach Boys. Album. Oh, really? See, yeah. I, that I didn't realize. I just assumed it was a well. I mean, it was the Beach Boys, right? But he but... really was the driving force behind it. Oh, yeah. Like they, they were off touring in Japan, and he said, "Really?" I mean, he's like, "I don't want to tour." This is the part where we don't, you know. I listened to the Beatles, you know, Led Zeppelin, that stuff growing up. I never, right. listened, I mean, I knew the Beach Boys, and of course, we know their music, all the surfing music, right? And I, and I think that most people kind of consider them just a poppy band, yeah. Ex- except for you know music experts and writers, all of them love the Beach Boys because there's kind of two Beach Boys, almost like the Beatles. There's a very bubblegum poppy Beatles, but then there's a really complicated, you know, multi-layered yeah. rock band Beatles, and it's kind of the same way with the Beach Boys. Yeah, it's it's hard not to talk so much more about this film um, because there is a whole Beatles, Beach Boys, Rolling Stones, like, argument, and uh, they were, like, more the pop, you know, uh, at the time, when you do listen to all their surf songs, I mean, they drank that well dry. Yeah. And so when he decided not to go on tour with them and to focus on Bet Sounds, uh, you know, they came back and then he and he taught them how to sing it and all the acapella stuff. That really? It was really interesting. And then, of course, following up with those documentaries I was watching too, I was, kind of got sunk in and it was really, it was good stuff. I, I, I'm, and I have more respect for the movie now because of it too. 
Um, yeah, y'all should definitely check it out. Yeah, I definitely want that. Actually, makes me more interested in it than I was because I was under the the assumption that it was basically a love story. I was like, I don't want to watch a Brian Wilson love story. I want to watch a movie about the Beach Boys. But if it does get in, I didn't know you know his whole you know personal right. issues. Uh, you, you just know like what the uh, uh, bare naked ladies sang about in the nineties. <laughs> <90s. laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I. I've always liked the Beach Boys, uh, but I mean that actually makes me way more interested in the movie than I originally was. Supposedly, the screenplay was based on his later partner's life with that love story uh, and okay. the court drama. I thought you were gonna say on the bare naked lady song. Oh no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> the movie part, and then it was just gonna occasionally flash back to you know their younger days, but instead they did it right down the middle. And I just wish they would have focused on pet sounds in the, right. the earlier days. And the second half of the movie is the least. But how do you make a film about, film about Brian Wilson without you going into his drugs and right. parents yeah. schizophrenia and I guess his court case stuff? Is yeah, I'd check it out before it leaves the theaters. Okay, because it's already been out for two weeks. Right. So interesting. It is funny though, because I mean John Cusack's been around forever. I mean since yeah. since the early '80s. And he's not it my is, favorite, you know, it, but he does good in this movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. But uh, but. His name has never been mentioned with it. There hasn't been a single performance he's had that's been, you know, even mentioned with Oscars. So the fact that, but but you don't think he should be okay, yeah. okay. Now nah, he you're just happens for, if you're calling for Oscars in the early part of the year. Yeah, it's too early. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I learned that with Jack Black when he did the. Um... Oh, that murder story with Bernie. The, oh, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. I thought for sure he'd be nominated. I loved Bernie. But, yeah. I, I loved really Bernie. Good. Bernie was a great... And, and you're right. He was... I mean, that was definitely his best performance. But yeah, when... Any movies that... I'm still bitter about Al Pacino not being nominated for Donnie Brasco because his film came out in February of 1997. So I learned my lesson back then. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, what have you been watching lately? Not a whole lot this week, honestly. It's been a really busy week. I did finish Big Love. The whole series? The whole series. Nice. I was further along in it than I thought I was okay. last week when I was talking about it. The ending, I won't give away, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, hmm, I bet that split fans 50-50. And so I, I looked it up, and that was pretty much the general consensus. Is some people really loved it, and some people were really angry about it. Where did you land I never on saw it? the ending. Oh, really? Well, let's talk about it after. Okay. Yeah, don't give the ending away, but what did, where did you land on the love-hate-it scale? I I was neutral on it. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't feel, I didn't feel like, oh man, I just wasted my time watching this series for a terrible finale. Uh, but I also wasn't like, well, that's the coolest thing ever. So it, it was fine. I, I, I was actually, my first impression was like, hmm, I wonder what fans thought of that. It wasn't even like really my own opinion of things. I just yeah. wondered how that went over with people who were invested in that show over years and years instead of me who was invested over it over three weekends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went back and read reviews and it, it looks like it was kind of split. Um, of course, Orange is the New Black new season came out. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch it. I think I've watched two episodes, maybe three. It's kind of off Did you like the first season, I guess? The first three seasons? Well, I mean, <laughs> or four. the first season's really good. And then I heard no opinions about the second. Maybe because really? it wasn't as good. I, I don't know. I thought the second season was better. Because I saw it the actually, first season only. The first season was okay. It was kind of a guilty pleasure to me at that point. Like, it's, you know. Uh, the second season, I thought it got better because it actually sh started showing the lives 
of these ladies before they went to prison, mm-hmm. uh, which added a lot of depth to all of their characters and made the show a lot better. The third season is it's off to kind of a slow start to me. There's not a whole lot going on okay. right now. But again, I'm only two or three episodes in. I can't even remember. But The actress from uh, that, that 70s show. I heard, was she not in the second season? Laura Prepon? Yes. Or Prepon? Or I heard she wasn't, name. which is half the reason I didn't watch it. Uh, she is hot. Um, <laughs> she's in it. I, I felt like she was in it. She is in it. Okay, I heard yeah. that she didn't want to come back because of money reasons. So oh, apparently she no. did. And apparently they're going to introduce a new character that I haven't seen yet, but all the ladies at work were talking about how they would, they had to question their sexuality after her. Uh, uh, Misty said the same Rose thing. Rose something? Misty, she actually sent me a picture, uh, and she told me that she, she said, this girl is so hot, I had to send you a picture, and my girlfriend has never done that before. Uh, yeah, I don't know who this so, chick is. I didn't necessarily want to look anything up because I didn't want to get spoiled. Not that, I mean, it's Orange is the New Black. I don't really care that much about spoilers, but I didn't want to look into it too far because I think I'm only like an episode away from her being introduced anyways, and I don't know why she's there or how she got there, so I don't want to learn that stuff ahead of time. But apparently, I'm going to form a lesbian crush when we talk <laughs> next week. That's probably all I'll talk about. All right. I, I may just start with season three of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> like season like three, episode four. four or so. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in there. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, let's stop the podcast and, and do some Googling. <laughs> By the end of this episode, we will have looked at her and, and formed an opinion. Actually, the next episode is just going to be us talking about her. Apparently, <laughs> she's really impressive. So... Looking forward to that. Misty did send me a picture, and I was like, whoa, I mean, she's hot, but I think, you know, it was just a steal, so I, I don't think I got the full well, appreciation. Well, I'm sure she's doing something She wasn't moving, or, and yeah, yeah, she wasn't being I mean, sexual. it's Orange is the New Black. She's probably naked. Well, it's kind of uh, like, There's okay. probably some lesbian stuff happening. It's Orange is the New Black. It's Well, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, so the same thing with Game of Thrones. I was trying to tell two of my coworkers how hot one of the Sand Snakes was. Uh, the naked one? Know, well, yeah, the most beautiful. Yeah, the yeah, the naked one. <laughs> the the one that seduces Braun in the in the jail Spoiler cell. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a major spoil. This not, is Game of Thrones. People not. are seducing people all over the place. That is correct. Uh anyways though, so I I showed her to them, like just pictures, Google image search. Were they and, naked and pictures? No, okay, so that was a thing. So it was just her. And they're like, oh yeah, she's pretty cute. She, I was like, hold on, hold on. You're not getting the full appreciation. So I showed them the whole video of her, you know, getting, you know, full naked. on sand snaky. And uh, they're like, oh, she's super hot. I mean, so, I mean, boobs make a big difference. That's the moral of the story. Boobs. Yeah, so. Moving pictures. You done talking about (laughs) boobs moving? I mean, there's always room in the show for that. (laughs) Uh, So on to what I watched this week. It was just that clip of the sand snake and just sail on a loop. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) No, actually what I watched, I I have a buddy in from Chicago. He's a big uh, movie nerd just like us. And uh, so he's kind of controlled the... uh, the TV watching in, in my house the past week. But it's kind of cool when you get open up to things that you would never even think to watch, that you've never really given a chance. Uh, and he's he's one of those guys, I, I'm not like this, I think Jacob is actually, but he's uh, he subscribes to a lot of YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that he watches a lot is this Red Letter Media 
It's the best of the worst. And it's basically five or six guys um, and one lady. They watch horrible movies. Three horrible movies per episode. And... Oh, the, and 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 you film they film the reactions while they're watching, <laughs> oh. and then at the end of uh, you know they they show them watching them all three, and then at the end they have a roundtable discussion about the three movies they just watched and why they were terrible and if they were funny terrible just bad bad, and then they pick the best one and then the worst one that sounds stressful. Yeah, then the worst one they like demolish in some sort of way that ties into the movies that they, they just watched. It's actually a really really funny. Um, thing to watch. It's each episode is about thirty to forty minutes, I think. Um, but it's actually worth a watch. It's called Best of the Worst. Uh, and it, if you've seen movies like The Room or Miami Connection, uh, you, you know these terrible B movies that have now have a cult following. You know that are being played on at midnight movies in L.A. and New York and things like that. Then you'll appreciate Best of the Worst. It's it's a fun show to watch. He's also got me watching anime. He's a big anime fan and. I'll be completely honest. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, do you guys watch much anime at all? Never have once. See, and and that's how I've been. Uh, Rachel, you you're not an anime fan, right? I have watched anime though. I've watched a decent amount of anime in high school. I once considered Animatrix, but I didn't. <laughs> that's it. Well, it, you know, it's a big thing. Like if you look, you know, we were looking on IMDb earlier. Jacob was at the top animated movies. And actually, actually, this is an interesting point. I think that maybe some anime movies you may not even realize they were animated may be higher than, say, The Lion King or Wally, like Spirited Away or Princess Minoki. That actually, might be true. Uh, but these anime films get really, really great reviews, and and but I've just never been interested. I'm like, I I just don't have any interest in them. But I watched the movie called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, and it was it was a decent movie i'll be honest though i was i gave it a chance and i'm still kind of bored it was with kind it. of boring i was kind of bored i just didn't see the appeal and then i watched the show that i mean anime fans absolutely love it's called full metal alchemist and uh and i i actually was fairly into that i watched three or four episodes and it's okay i i guess i'll say this i would give things like spirited away and princess minoki uh, the the top ones at least a chance, um, but I'm just not an anime guy. I'm trying to give it a chance, and I'm, there's probably going to be people that listen that are just jeering us because they love anime. Yeah, Princess Minoki is number seventy. Mononoke. Okay. Mononoke. I knew I was saying it incorrectly. <laughs> that was one that I actually. It's really really Where's weird. Spirited You've Away. Seen oh, I've seen Spirited Away as well. Uh, did Dina Vey voice that one in the American version of Spirited Away? I don't know, actually. I, somebody big did, though. I I definitely saw whichever yeah. one Tina Fey voiced. I owned Princess Mononoke for a while. It is number 33. Yeah, Spirited Away, number 33. I mean, maybe that's one that, you know, eventually we've talked about watching older movies. Uh, maybe we could give something like that a chance. Because here it is. Probably is it so that's above the Lion King, right? That's the highest animation movie on this list. I, yeah, I see, mean that's if if it's the one I'm thinking of, I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was good. I I probably gave it like a seven. I want to just point out that we don't think that this is the best list of all time, but it right. is interesting because it is people's opinion. Right, exactly. So the the general... I, mean, I do we do recognize that. Right, yes, it's not the best, but as a general, hmm. you know, consensus. I've never even heard of it. 
Yeah, it's it's there's there's certain anime that are just considered kind of masterpieces. So, anyways, I, I've been watching some of that this week, and and I'll say I'm not blown away by anything I see yet, but I I will give other ones that are so highly ranked a chance. Right, so yeah, I'll try anything thirteen, fourteen times. <laughs> so maybe we'll we'll I'll watch Spirited Away, and and maybe you will too, and and we'll kind of form an opinion. Maybe come back to that at some point. So. Is it like on Netflix or YouTube or I mean, is it easy accessible? I, no idea. I saw it in the theater. Okay. So yeah, I, don't know. I mean, and they're really? I mean they're not. I saw it at the that underground. Honestly, I mean there is a whole subculture who is just absolutely all about anime. It's I mean I don't know how many votes it had on the IMDb, but you can kind of also get like okay, this movie has a. 8.5 but there's only 700 votes but i mean <laughs> right. so i mean i think it's legit though there's probably i bet you there's 20 30,000 votes at least i would guess maybe 348 yeah see 348,000 wow. i mean it's it's not like yeah, it was a wide release like i said i saw it at the warren it wasn't like i saw it at amc because it was an indie and to compare that to i'll just say inception which is uh, in the top 10 or never mind it's 14 uh that is at one, one well, that's million. yeah, that, but that was that was a huge one. Though. Well, anyway, yeah, <laughs> it was good though. It was but good but time. it is it is a lot though. I mean, it's it's there's a lot of people that have voted on that movie, so it's just, it's just an interesting. I'm I'm watching things this week uh, that I wouldn't typically watch at all, and I would say I'm eh, eh. you're more well, well rounded. Yes, I'm becoming more more cultured, uh, so I'm cool with that. But I actually like the best of the worst more. I'm actually really digging this. Those are actually a lot of fun to watch. And it's kind of making me want to watch. There's a lot of good stuff on YouTube. I don't know how much you all do it. But there's some really good stuff out there. Like, I'm a cord cutter. I've been great with it. And I found some really fun things to watch on on YouTube. I need need to give it more of a chance. Totally fills my time. Yeah. I need to give that more of a chance. I'm going to actually. It helps you have Netflix and HBO now. But it, it works great. I'm gonna get after this show. But I'm gonna get some some suggestions for you. Sports for is the only hard part. Is the only hard part to get. Yeah, giving up cable. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna learn that soon. I'm about to cancel. All hold right, on, hold on. Oh, here's an update on the hottie. Her name is Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. That's 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 kind of a hottie name. Apparently, she was an Australian model. It's a dancer name. She's <laughs> the face of Maybelline in Australia. I don't think Brandon will... I mean, she is really pretty, but I think Brandon will have issues because she has very short hair and tattoos everywhere. She does. I'm not a tattoos guy, and I'm not a short-haired guy, but I will say... She does have a pretty face and a pretty body. Yeah, her face and body are pretty nice. She is a real-life lesbian. So I'm assuming she will also be an Orange is the New Black lesbian because everybody is a lesbian to an extent on that show. That's true. She is really, really pretty, though. She is really pretty. Like, very um, pretty. If she grew out I her looked, hair... I looked for moving pictures to see if I could find a good gift for you, but... I'm, yeah, I'm finding a wink. That's all I'm finding. Yeah. I've already, I'm already doing my due diligence. Thank you for the update. Uh, You're welcome. I didn't hear anything you said since we started talking about her. <laughs> but you have my attention now. Jurassic I like her more World. than anime. <laughs> did you... Uh, Me too. Did you... Uh, See the finale to Game of Thrones in Silicon Valley? I, I, wait, what? Well, I forget about Silicon Valley. Yeah, okay, Game good, of Th- yeah we haven't Game talked of Game of Thrones. Yeah, we should so. absolutely talk about the finale of Game of Thrones. What'd you think? Good, bad? I, I'm not I, worried about it, I'll say that. Are we giving spoilers for it? No. Okay. I, it was, it was a downer. 
Yes, I was completely caught off guard. Yes, you know, because the last few episodes we've ended like you know these these epic awesome you know between the White Mm -hmm. Walker battle, um, spoilers, which (laughs) ones? The last two episodes we've ended with 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 really yeah it is tough uh, with really great you know scenes and this is just the whole episode. It's really tough because the entire cast dies. Yeah. But the entire episode was really a downer. There was one yeah. like kind of like yay type, maybe two t- yay type moments, but the rest of it was just a downer. So I was, I understand why they did what they did, but I'm not worried about it. Me neither. Because of Malisandra. Yes, that's all I I'm going to say. And fan theories. Have There's made a me lot of fan lot theories right. floating around out there. And I, and I've have you read them? Oh, I've, yeah. I've gone pretty in depth with him, and and I'm actually convinced. I don't think Rachel is. If we're talking like the R plus, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. am too. I'm convinced. I mean, it, it seems kind of pointless that it would just end that way, and that yeah. would be that. Uh, but in, interviews that have been done the last couple months, you know, or we with. <laughs> <laughs> bleep, we'll bleep that out. Yeah. We will <laughs> Forget about it. Uh, no, I did think that same thing though. I, it's awesome. Game of Thrones, though. That I don't. They don't have to do anything. They don't feel like it. No, they don't. But I, I don't think that's any coincidence that certain pieces and people have been moved into certain places, <laughs> or other people and, and and pieces. We should just do a Game of been. Thrones spoiler-free <laughs> podcast, and okay. everything would be like redacted out of it. Yeah, that would be true. Maybe we should just go that route next time. It'd be like <laughs> so, a sorry. I'll just be rare. It'd yeah. be like an American Music Awards Kanye <laughs> performance. <laughs> All right, moving on. on to our list for the week we're gonna run down our top five all-time favorite directors this should be a fun list um i have no idea honestly what either of you are going to choose i have an idea for for a couple of guys but I'm, I'm curious to see where we go with this rachel your number five favorite director of all time my number five was a surprise even to me until i started making this list but my number five is david fincher David Fincher, that's actually a fantastic choice. I love David Fincher. He was one that I considered and uh, didn't make my list. But uh, name me a couple of your favorite Fincher movies. I'm actually going to jump in here because mine's he's my number four. Oh, okay. perfect. So we can probably do it I love I love Seven. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Fight Club, of course, was fantastic. Um, I liked Zodiac just fine. Social Network was a good movie. Uh, Gone Girl was good. I, I just didn't realize I'm not – the best, unless it's unless they're probably in my top three, I don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to or or have a good retention for this director did this movie. But as I was looking at a lot of directors, David Fincher made a lot of movies that I really really like. He's got a lot of high quality movies. He's, yeah, it's just his style that yes. I've always liked a lot. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people think he's way overrated. They say when you look at his the numbers of his, his ticket sales and 
And they say, well, what really, if you really get down to it, what were his great movies? And they'll, people only name like a two or three. Because like, I liked The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but people think that was a total bust. I think oh, I thought it was, released I thought it was pretty good. The actually. most inappropriate time at Christmas. Yeah. They, but, uh, <laughs> the but problem I mean, with that well, was that they that one in particular, they compared it to the original right. version. And, and nobody's ever – it doesn't matter what a remake's going to – how good it is. If you compare it to the original there's going to be fans who are like, ah, it's yeah. not good. But as far as remakes go, it was, it it was, was a good remake. remake. It was great. Um, see, uh, most critics will always uh, say Zodiac's is best. Mm-hmm. And it's a good movie. It is. Um, and then, of course, Fight Club as well, mm-hmm. which I love like, Fight oh, Club. absolutely. Um, I don't know about Flight Club. But, <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, of course, in the, you always have the cold satter with uh, Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Social Network, uh, yeah. again. Um, never was a big fan of the game. Um, I like the game. You know, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. You know that one and, I felt was overrated. No, but, but for me, it's but more it's about well his directed. Style, it is. It is his style, like just kind of how he moves that camera around. Yes. Uh, it's just so smooth. And of course, he always has a filter on it. Yes, which it, I don't know why that always gets me or gets my attention, but it always works. I like it's it. Very smooth. It's I like you're too. watching a Nine Inch Nails video. It is. It is. It, and and I like that. Which and, he used to do a bunch of music videos. He I did. And, and Rachel and I have talked before. I, we both love when when you see a director when you when you see a movie you know it's him and Fincher is yeah. one of those guys yep. very distinct absolutely um, your number five Jacob uh, my number five and this kind of goes back to when we did our uh, movies list it's just you can just flip flop guys all over the place I mean I have a list of forty seven directors here I thought of in thirty minutes nice. last week when we thought about nice. this list and so I kind of just had to say okay fine. Stanley Kubrick, um, because again about his camera treatment, cinematography, the stories he chose to tell, um, the characters that came out of his movies. You know, we think about Clockwork Orange, yes, um, The Shining, mm-hmm. um, you know, Howl in two thousand one. Uh, you know, actually, I haven't seen all of his movies, even mostly his earlier ones. Um, Have you seen Doctor Strange? That's one I'm, I actually the one I'm thinking of. I really okay. need to see that one. Um, so I have seen Past the Glory, you know, uh, when I was in school and, uh, you know, I even had an appreciation for it then, of course, you know, what he did, like kind of all the chessboard, you know, uh, oh, I guess links he would put into his movies, kind of cool stuff. Um, but, um, I don't really just don't think there's ever a movie of his that I didn't like. And again, people say he's overrated too, which I just find hard to believe, but, they make the argument for it, but I've always liked. It. I've always enjoyed his movies. Did, like, I, I can't remember. Did, I didn't like did AI you, very much. I guess I, I liked AI. It, it I wasn't need to see it again. Was, it's been yeah. shoot, almost twenty years. You know. Did you like? Did you watch The Shining? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Did I you mean, like it? Because you're not yes. a horror guy. No, I, 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 I like. But the Shining it, a I lot. mean, Shining is is right Amazing. there with Nightmare on Elm Street. Is my yeah. favorite all time. But it's. I mean. And that's all Kubrick and yeah, Nicholson. It, it, I mean, if, if a movie gets enough reviews or whatever, a horror movie does, absolutely I'll watch it. Did you like Eyes Wide Shut? Especially if it's a director like that. I'm, yeah. I mean, if, if if Scorsese, if anyone did movies like that, you know, yeah, I'll absolutely watch it. But you know, well, I, I mean, I, yeah, I liked Eyes Wide Shut a lot. Yeah, it was bizarre, but I mean, yeah. there were things I, especially the color choices, the uh, blues, reds, and yellows, the primary colors. Yeah. Um, I, those are just the things about him I've always enjoyed because yeah. he used a lot of those colors. I yes, think, in Shining in as well. Yeah, he did. Um, so, and obviously, color was important in Clockwork Orange. Oh, I That's, just, I just love, I, I love it when directors pay attention to that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and, and and that's the artistic person coming out of me. Um, 
big visual guy, yes. which is kind of stupid to say when you're watching movies, but when you have that much attention to detail, it's right. hard to ignore. Brandon? That's a good choice. My number five favorite director of all time is Paul Thomas Anderson. And I actually thought he would be higher just because I love his movie so much. He he doesn't have a a very big filmography yet because he typically only releases a movie once every few years. He's been he's been better recently of putting out movies more often. Uh and he hasn't been around for an incredibly long time. But I mean Boogie Nights is is one of my all-time favorites as well as Magnolia, There Will Be Blood. I mean those three in particular are like three like all-time like tens to me. I love There Will Be Blood. Oh. It's one of the best movies in the last uh, you know decade. Yeah, if I were to make since a list 2000. If I were to make a list of the best movies since 2000, it might be my number 1 as yeah. well. Love it. Uh and like I said Boogie Nights and Magnolia, but I, and I like The Master a lot. Uh it was People we, were divided on the master. We all had a big talk about the master when it came out. Yeah, oh, that's right, we did. Yeah, that's like, right. That's a movie that's hard to identify with anybody in that movie, but he finds a way to draw out characters and acting. Like I've, like I, like I haven't seen in a while. I just right. like that. Um, good movie. It was. It was. And of course, I love that he always uses Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's one of my all-time favorite actors. Plus, he writes most of his movies. Can't ignore yeah. that either. Yes, and that's another thing too. With I, I love a guy that writes and directs his own film. It's because it's his complete vision. Everything that you see on the screen came from his own mind, and he's doing it his way. And so it's it hasn't been you know it's his vision. You know, I love seeing when that. we make that argument too. It's it's what's funny about that is that we both put there will be blood at the top of the last decade <laughs> yeah, and a half. That's the only one he didn't write. That's true. He, um, yeah, anyway. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, wait, no, he did. Uh, I, forgot, I think he did. I forgot, I forgot I was, about I was uh, uh, the one that just came out last year. Um, um, Inherent Vice. Yeah, Inherent Vice. Inherent Vice, yeah. Uh, Punch Rock Love. That might be his first movie. I didn't care much for it. Uh, Punch Rock Love? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Inherent Vice. Oh, Inherent Vice. I, loved, yeah. I, I thought Punch Rock Love was good. But so he, he doesn't have a lot, but he's one of those directors. If he's got a movie coming out in a year, it's automatically, without even knowing anything about the movie, it's already on my must watch list. He's just one of those guys. I've loved pretty much everything he's done. Now that I can talk, he's my number four. Oh, <laughs> you should have told me earlier. I didn't have a chance well, to was, jump in. He's my number three. <laughs> so, so there's that. I was trying to kind of throw stuff in there yeah. to make it easy. Go yeah. Ahead, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. Boogie Nights is fantastic. Uh, there Will Be Blood was one of my honorable mentions for my favorite movies. So that's how much I like that. The Master. I thought it was really interesting. Inherent Vice, I'm kind of with Jacob on that. I didn't love it, but it was beautiful. Man, it was so it, it just got it To me, it just skewed a little bit too quirky for me to, to stay with it. There was no story. And there was no story. But that doesn't always bother me. I know. I, I um, just watch it again, probably. <laughs> I, I watched it twice just because I was like, oh, it's... In the theater? Paul Thomas Anderson. No. Okay. No. Uh, but, but he's amazing. I don't have anything else to add, but he's my number four. Well, uh, the only thing I will add since he's my three is just that um, because his resume is so short, it was why I was kind of why I didn't almost put him on there. Right. But I can't ignore every time he does something, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just beautiful. And uh, people will say he's a, he's a, the Stanley Kubrick of our, of our time, but I won't even do that because uh, uh, just of how, how he can just – 
create chaos with uh, editing and cinematography. Yeah. I think it's amazing what he can do. And then just draw that kind of acting out of some of these people. Uh, I mean, The performances he gets from his actors are just... Not that I never thought that Joaquin Phoenix was this uh, amazing actor. I mean, I've always had, a res- I guess, respect for him. But I didn't realize he was that good of an actor until I saw uh, The Master. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you can make an argument for, you know, a couple movies prior to that. But he was amazing in The Master. He was. And, and he's he gets... So was the, Phillips, he were Hoffman for that. He night. was. He's amazing oh, in everything. So good. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's the thing. He, he's, he surrounds himself with good actors. But he makes great actors. He gets amazing performances from them. Good actors he gets great performances from. He elevates... He'll take an average actor... And get a really good performance, like Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yes, yeah. exactly. He'll he'll, and especially at the time that Boogie Nights came out, you got to remember he was still Marky Mark to a lot of people. Yeah, he'd done Fear, <laughs> right. and and he was kind of getting his feet wet in the movie industry, but nobody took him seriously. Yeah. And here was a porn movie uh, with Marky Mark and Burt Reynolds, who hadn't been around since yeah, Smokey and the Bandit, and it. It's this amazing film, a fantastic performance uh, from from everyone involved, and I mean that is yes, Wahlberg and Reynolds and and everyone, uh, Philip uh, C. Riley, they all deserve credit, but I mean the most credit should go to Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, did you all like since we haven't talked about Magnolia? Oh, it, it was one I mentioned uh, just quickly. It's one of my favorites. It, okay. That there will be blood and boogie nights. To me, all three of those are tens. I don't yep. give out a lot of tens. Me neither. But in each of those years that they came out, uh, they were all in the either my number one favorite movie of the year. Or the uh, There Will Be Blood and Boogie Nights were both my number one, and Magnolia I think was two or three that year for me. Yeah. I didn't see Magnolia, but I own it. Oh, you haven't seen it either. No, of course. Oh, oh yeah. I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rachel, you got to see Magnolia. Dude, we've Since already had this talk. I yet, own I it. I won't say too much, but I'll just say the frog scene. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that and just going. Well, well, I can't say it yeah. without being bleeped. I, I just, I, just, <laughs> I sat up uh, out of my chair and scooted forward. It was like, it was like, what is happening? Yes. That blew my mind. Yes, did not see that coming at but, all. But, but, but it makes sense. Sure, it, it just brings it, a whole other depth to yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense. Right. And I think most people, when watching that, are like, "What just happened? This movie is stupid. I hate this movie." Right. But there is an actual purpose and and a reason behind it. Right. And it, it, I'm, I'm kind of a Tom Cruise fan, uh, and I think he's given a lot of good performances from oh, Rain Man, yeah, from Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, I think that Tom Cruise is actually underrated as an actor, but I think his Magnolia performance may be his best. Yeah, next to he did that of Jerry Maguire, but he's he is yeah. himself in Jerry Maguire. Yes, but it is so a great good. performance. Yeah, but uh, T Frank T J Mackey, that was, oh, that was that was good. Great performance. Okay. Okay, so I think we're on. <laughs> yeah. Did, well, who's your number four? Was that your number four? Yep. And your number four was? Well, my number four was Fincher. Oh. And my number three is PTA. So you're okay, on well, number I'm number four. four. And I'll okay. just sit out for a little bit. Okay, my number four <laughs> favorite act, uh, director of all time is Alfred Hitchcock. That's actually my number. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I was actually upset that he wasn't higher. I guess I felt this way about all these guys. Uh, but, I mean, what is there to say? He's... He was such a pioneer. I'm a horror movie fan, but it wasn't just that. 
he kind of he took horror movies to another level, but he took directing to another level as well. Uh, as far as creating suspense, and you know the the camera shots and angles that he used, and the way that he shot and filmed things. Uh, Psycho is an all time favorite of mine. Uh, regardless of the movie, the movie is always fascinating to watch because of Hitchcock and the way he films his movies. My number four. It's a good uh, bookend. Anything to add on Alfred Hitchcock? I I shamefully have not seen enough Alfred Hitchcock oh. movies. Admittedly. Rear Window? Rear Window I have is seen fantastic. Rear Window, Vertigo? And I, I really loved it. I haven't seen Vertigo. <sighs> uh, same for me. Rebecca? I outed myself. Rope, don't, make, don't make I've exasperated size. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's a crying shame. Wait, but, which, which two? But no one has his movies for me to borrow, and I don't feel like going to Hastings and buying a 12-pack of I'll, I'll... beer and then get one of his movies. <laughs> 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 He's, his movies hold up today, which is Oh, I mean, cool. he really did set the stage. You know, a lot of those movies from the time that he was making films, you watch them now and it's more like, okay, I appreciate this because of its place in cinematic history. But this movie is kind of boring or this movie like is kind of cheesy. The acting's bad or the story doesn't make sense or it's theatrical. But Hitchcock, when you watch a Hitchcock film, like Psycho, is still scary today, which can't be said for most of the movies that you watch he back then. He was really then. good, at, I believe, about using music. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. And and the twists and turns that his films take and the way he sets those, um, was all, he was ahead of his time in a, in a lot of ways. Well, one thing about Hitchcock, too, is that, because I honestly don't know if I can associate him with horror, just because it was usually just more psychological. It was. It was. Like a lot of it, most of his movies could actually happen, which right. was what we always appreciate, you know, um, when comparing other movies to his movies. Um, but uh, no, I'm sorry, just to answer your question a minute ago, Vertigo and Psycho are the only two I've seen. Okay, well, at least you've seen. Probably I, I, I made myself most. watch Psycho years ago because it was it was it was wrong that I hadn't seen it. Right. And then you made me watch Vertigo a couple of years ago. Right. And so I've got plenty more to watch. Well, I'm glad though that at least you've seen. It'll happen at one of... point, but it's just kind of the product. Of, I'm a, I'm an '80s baby, and I never did much more. You know, my parents didn't watch much of his movies, whereas it was usually blockbusters when I was a kid. Right, so, that makes know. sense. Okay, so we are on number. Your number three, Rachel. Probably, uh, my number three is the Coen Brothers. Oh. If that counts as one director. Yeah, that counts as one director. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's going to have to be your three and your two. <laughs> Um, I mean, they've made a lot of fantastic movies, and like we were saying before, wrote and directed these movies. Yeah, uh, good. Raising Arizona is a lot of fun, of course. Fargo, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, no Country for Old Men, Chugit was pretty good. I'm in love with Inside Lewin Davis, but that has a whole lot to do with Oscar Isaac. <laughs> uh, but it, it it's a really good movie. It's a movie that was not at all what I expected after I watched it and I was kind of mad about it and then I rewatched it and now I'm in love with it. Um, but they're, they're directors that when I see their name attached to something, I'm going to go see it. Yep. Even if it doesn't look interesting to me, going to go see it every single time. Yep. Yeah, the Coen... Go ahead. I was going to say the only thing I'm gonna, I would add to to that is just um, I love their style, especially how they can bring humor to... Um, I don't know. Uh, intense serious, situations. yes. Yeah. Serious, intense. Yeah. Well, and they're so um, they're equally adept at doing just straight up comedy as well, like with Big Lebowski or Raising Arizona. 
Um, or, I mean, Fargo is really a comedy. I mean, yes, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, thriller elements to it and dramatic elements to it, but really at its core, it's a comedy. I love Fargo. That's yeah. such a good movie. I've, I've watched it several times on Netflix late, lately. Have you seen the series? No, because oh, I don't have access watch. to it. The series is really, really good. good. Yeah. It's really and good. It, and it's very much inspired by Fargo the film. So There's a lot of Easter eggs in there. Excellent. Oh, he's fantastic. In fact, did he get nominated for yes. an Emmy or at least? Uh, for the gold, I don't. I don't think the Emmys for that. No, he did. I think he won it, actually. I don't know. If he didn't, he I always get the Emmys and Golden Globes mixed up with the because they come out at different times. So I can't he's remember. fantastic in that show. Yeah, he Emmys really for music. So. <laughs> no, I know what they are, but the, as far as nominations <laughs> and wins go, I know that he won... Uh, for Fargo, and I believe it was the Emmy. He should have. Because there was a big thing. It was either going to be him or Matthew McConaughey. That's what it was. It was uh, the Emmy. Yeah, and they it split was between, votes. Uh, but, but Billy Bob Thornton, I think, ended up beating... Golden Globe. Yeah, it was the Golden Globe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Did saying uh, Matthew McConaughey split with uh, Woody Harrelson. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Gotcha. Because yeah. either one of them could easily won it. Right, yeah. Which worked detective. in favor for Billy Bob Thornton, who who is... I'm gonna say sixty percent of the reason to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really good. Every time he's on screen, it's exciting. I will eventually check it out once it hits Netflix. Streaming or something. something. Um, so, Jacob, your number three favorite director. Of my all number time. three was uh, uh, PTA. Oh, so that's right. My bad. So, Brandon, my number three. my number three favorite director of all time is Francis Ford Coppola, and I have a real issue. For a long time, I called him my favorite director. Um, if you would have asked me probably any time in the past, you know, 20 years, I probably would have said Coppola, but, but when I got down and made this list, you know, at the core of the reason I left him so much is the Godfather trilogy to me, the best, you know, movies of all time. And he was the visionary behind them, but he, I mean, Apocalypse Now was also incredible. The conversation was fantastic. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula was, was really, really good. So I mean he's and 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 I actually really love The Outsiders, Rumblefish. So he's got a lot of movies. He's got some incredible movies and he's got some really good movies. And Jack. And Jack. <laughs> Jack starring Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> um no, I choose to ignore that one. Uh I love Coppola. I love hearing Coppola talk. I love Coppola's influence on the industry. He is one of the Maverick directors of the seventies that changed film. So I love his influence and, and his whole family because of him now have jobs in Hollywood. Uh, some of them deserve, some of them not, but, uh, but I ended up, it killed me. He's only number three for me. I, I honestly don't know much about him outside of, you know, the movies I should know that he has a part in. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't know that he did Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. Know, yeah. Things like that. I, didn't, uh, I actually didn't know he did uh, The Outsiders. I've always liked The Outsiders. Yeah, The Outsiders is a great movie, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, he's uh, got Oklahoma ties. He does. He does have Oklahoma ties. Uh, he did Bram Stoker's Dracula. Did not know that. Yeah, you obviously weren't listening when I was talking. Apparently not. <laughs> you just outed yourself. <laughs> nice. Um, Francis Ford Coppola would have been my number six. I really hated leaving him off of that. Yeah. I And I have a special place in my heart for him just because I have seen him talk twice now, just in a Q&A session. Cool. Yeah. And um, really smart, really interesting person. He honestly just didn't came in at number six because I haven't seen enough of his stuff. Um, but I will say 
he's still got it. He's still a great director. Yes. Uh, even Tetro, not yes. not a fantastic movie. It's it's a good movie. It's not fantastic, but the direction on it was really good. Well, he kind of got burned out on Hollywood and the business aspect, so he's just been doing passion projects. Yeah. Which of course, when you do that. You're not going to get the wide acclaim and things like that. And he's pretty much doing a lot of self-funding Yeah, things. he's using his wine to fund his, his he is. movies so now. So it's, it's a cool story. But as far as like, you know, great movies he's put out lately, it's more like good movies that nobody's really seen. But the directing is still really good. In it them. is. It is. So. His last big movie that was, you know, well-received was The Rainmaker in 1997. And then he just kind of went away from Hollywood and decided to do his own thing. So he's like 30 years behind George Lucas, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true, actually. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, he's got, between the Godfather trilogy, the conversation, and Apocalypse Now, those are four all-timer movies. I mean, like, four legendary movies. So, uh, what are we on? Rachel's Rachel, you're number, number two. two. Yeah. My number two is John Hughes. Nice. My number two is John Hughes as well. So well, well, well. I'll let you take the lead since I just talked. Um, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Ugh. and Uncle Buck. That's every movie he directed except for two of them, which is She's Having a Baby and Curly Sue, which I didn't see either one of those, honestly. But I love every single one of the other ones. It, um, since the, no, You can jump in whenever no. you want. Um. People have tried and tried to be John Hughes, and nobody can be John Hughes but John Hughes. That's true. All of his movies have such heart in them, of course, because when I grew up, every single one of them is nostalgic, and they hold up. They're still hilarious. I still watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles every year with my family for Thanksgiving. Uh, I watch Uncle Buck every single time it's on TV. Um, I still want to make out with the 16 Candles guy that I can't remember <laughs> his name. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. These movies are just kind of frozen in time for me, and and there's no one else like John Hughes. Go, Brandon. No, if you're a child of the '80s and you don't like John Hughes, then I don't even know it. You're just you're stupid. Yeah, he's you. You nailed it. Really, I don't really have much to add because his movies are funny and entertaining, and they're slice of life. Real, obviously, they're not Oscar type movies or anything like that. It's nothing. To, but they're very real and very funny, but they're also – there's the heart. A lot of times, you know, we talked about Jurassic World, World earlier, and they tried to fake it. They tried to, you know – the emotions were forced. With John Hughes, it just came naturally. And a lot of times, some of the times, the actors weren't even necessarily great, but the writing and directing was so good that the emotion was still conveyed. Smart humor. Yes, smart humor. And really uh, relatable characters. Yeah. Yes. Everybody could find somebody to relate to. That breakfast club is a great example of that right there. Yes. And they just make you feel good. They were feel good. But, you know, okay, at the end of a Full House episode when they play the music and things get dramatic, I'm like, oh, even as a kid, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. I don't, (laughs) I feel nothing. Uh, I laughed at your show, but don't try to make me feel emotion because I'm not (laughs) feeling it. But with John Hughes, when those emotional parts came, I really felt it. It wasn't cheesy. It wasn't he, cheesy. He earned it. That is, about that. that is a really hard thing to pull off when you're doing comedy to really feel emotion. Like, planes, trains, and automobiles is kind of the ultimate. When you find out that... Spoiler alert. 
spoiler. Watch. Well, screw you watch if you have seen it. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when you find out that John Candy's wife is dead, and and it's kind of you realize it when Steve Martin realizes it. I mean, your heart just absolutely breaks, and everything you've seen up to this point changes. And then you know the heart change in Steve Martin was real. The the relationship was real. He's so good. That's such a tough thing to do. Uh, the last thing I'll say about um, John Hughes, he actually wrote a bunch of movies that were great as well, like Christmas Vacation and Home Alone, two favorites, Career Opportunities, Dutch. He didn't direct these, so he doesn't get credit for the best. But those were still John Hughes movies, even though he didn't direct them. When I watch Home Alone, I know that's a John Hughes movie, right. even if he didn't right. direct it. I actually thought he did do that, but I, but either way, yes, you know it's a John Hughes movie. Right. <clears throat> Uh, so that was both of our. What was your Jacob? Uh, your number two. My number two is uh, Martin Scorsese. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad uh, that somebody said him. Somebody, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely said. deserved to make <laughs> a list. He said, so I'm glad you uh, did. Oh gosh, and there's so many of his movies. Eh, there's plenty of his movies earlier that I haven't seen yet, or you know that I that are still on my list to watch. But um, um, I think we can all agree that going back to Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I mean, just. I'm big on editing. I don't know why. It just always has been. But you know, you take his their skills in the editing room, mix it up with the music, and of course, drawing out the actors, and of course, Robert De Niro. Um, you know, he's he. We were so fortunate to be able to watch his movies when they come out. Um, movies like Raging Bull and how he can draw the black and whites mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, I actually am not a huge Taxi Driver fan, but I still respect the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his later work, you know, I haven't, I, like The Departed, should it have won Best Picture? No, but he, did, he des- did he deserve to win director? I mean, it was a little late. You it was know, it was a that. lifetime achievement award. Uh, yeah, exactly. He, he'd been messed over a few other times, so they gave it to him. I agree. Yeah. Departed was a good movie, but shouldn't have won. Right. But, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter because, I mean, there's still been so many movies in the last 10 years that he's done that they might have been the greatest, but gosh, they have his, his signature written all over mm-hmm. it, like Gangs of New York. Yeah. Um, what's the recent one he did right now? Here is um, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Wolf of Wall oh, Street. Gosh. I mean, you just oh look at gosh. Leo DiCaprio. That's a great. But, yeah. That's a great one where you just um, we're just m- mixing up. Let's see. Oh, just editing scenes. Those quick. Those quick chops. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that music, and then all of a sudden it slows down. Like that drug scene is one of the best drug scenes I've it ever is. seen in a movie. It is the Quaalude scene. Yes. Oh my god. And it was risky too. You could have lost your audience because yeah. it's so. It's so slow, but it's so good. I mean, of course, he, he's. I mean, Raging Bull. Did you mention Raging Bull? Oh, yeah. Raging Bull, uh, Casino. I mean, Hello, Casino is great. Uh, even we talked earlier about great directors doing horror thriller movies. Shutter Island was well, even really good. I, I actually crossed my mind. I didn't bring it up then, so I thought I might. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I already forgot. It, Scorsese's interesting because. You you can divide his career by Robert De Niro and Leonardo and DiCaprio. Leo. It's it's I mean he's and it's kind of like the thing did Jerry Rice make uh, Joe Montana great or did Joe Montana make Jerry Rice great? I think that uh, Cape Fear, yes. I mean you got all these great De Niro movies and all these great DiCaprio movies. Oh, I've got uh, the color, color money. money. That's one of my favorites. And of course, Passion of the Christ was super controversial. How do you make Paul interesting? Yes. Watch Color of Money. Yes, absolutely. As a, as a great example of how to direct a film. Yeah, he's he's just really, really good. Mean Streets, that was such mean a good streets, movie. Mean Streets, yeah. That's kind of what broke him, was me, him and De Niro, yeah. was Mean Streets. He's Everything he does is worth watching, even if it's not a great film. Something like a Bringing Out the Dead 
isn't a great movie, but it's it's always worth watching if it's if it's Scorsese. Yeah, that's my number two. And he directed the bad video for Michael Jackson. <laughs> that you should have led with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, your number one favorite director of all time. Uh, my number one favorite director is Quentin Tarantino. Nice. Mine is as well. Well, I'm glad y'all brought him up because I felt terribly guilty for not adding him. To well, that's how I felt about Scorsese, so I'm glad you brought him up. Right. Uh, I'll let you take No, lead. I was going to let you take lead on that one. Uh, I mean, Tarantino, he's I mean, he, he's kind of polarizing. When you talk to movie fans about Tarantino, uh, you know, people are either going to say they absolutely love him or people are going to say he's overrated and they think he's too violent there's too much cussing in his films or whatever <laughs> it's the perfect amount that's why i love his movies yeah <laughs> yeah he's he he he's was a game still ch- got the balls to do it yeah and he <laughs> he changed the way films were made with with i mean even the reservoir dogs came first and actually did it first pulp fiction uh you know was the first to get so much acclaim and since then there's so many tarantino copycats i mean from from all the pulp culture references to the dialogue-heavy, witty um, conversations uh, mixed with the violence, mixed with uh, callbacks to to previous movies or obscure movies, uh, he just changed the game. Uh, much like we talked about Coppola and Scorsese uh, and uh, Lumet did in the 70s, Tarantino did that in the 90s and... Uh, his his mix of action violence with comedy and real drama is kind of on its own level. Yeah, no one else nobody really does it. Maybe some no, Japanese directors, right? Which but that's about it. Yeah, exactly. And even when when guys do it fairly well, like a guy Richie with Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and Snatch, those that's good, probably been as far comparison. as like people that he's influenced. Uh, that was those were good, but they still don't nearly achieve the level that Tarantino's movies do. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, we named our our podcast after Pulp Fiction. That's an all time great. Reservoir Dogs, The Kill Bills, the, I mean, even his worst movies to me, Jackie Brown uh, and Glorious Bastards is one of the best. I uh, love it, but his even his quote unquote bad movies, Death Proof and uh, Jackie Brown. I'm getting I'm getting looks over here. Uh, I still love those movies. I just didn't think they were as great as his other ones. But Tarant- he, he's just too hit and miss for me. But really, yep. Go ahead, Rachel. I I I love them all. Um, even Death Proof, which I've seen a million times for some reason. I think it's Greg, one of Greg's favorites. So I've rewatched it a million times. I just appreciate that he has the balls to do whatever he wants. He just rewrote history for Inglorious Bastard, Bastards and didn't yeah. even care. Yeah, he and, did. And it was awesome. And it I was didn't awesome. care either. I went along with it and yeah. I was like, this is how it should have happened. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's balls to the wall and I appreciate that. And like we talked about earlier, I like movies or directors that as soon as you watch the movie, you know exactly whose movie you're watching. And I'll, like Tim Burton is that way. He's made a lot of stinkers. Although I, I used to really love Tim Burton. And I still think that he's talented, but he makes a lot of stinker movies. Yeah. Um, but I do like when, when a director can imprint just by looking at it. You can say that's his kind of movie, which you can tell with Woody Allen or you can tell with uh, Wes Anderson. Or There's a lot of directors that kind of have that. Mm-hmm. I just don't particularly like the movies that they make, but I still go see them because they're beautiful. Quentin Tarantino is one of those directors where you know that you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. 
So hit or miss. This is interesting though. Like, what what are his misses well, to you? Like uh, before uh, Django Unchained, the last movie his I really liked was Pulp Fiction. I did not like Glorious Bastards. Honestly, really? I liked half of the story, and I could not stand the red dress storyline. Oh, that, that just I love ruined the whole it for thing. me. It was so um, intense. What I, about... I love the the them the Nazi hunters hunting down. Right. Yeah. That that was great. And then you bring in that other storyline, and I just it just kind of took me out. Of so you were into the Aldo Rain stuff, but not the Christoph Waltz part of. I love Christoph Waltz. Okay. A little yeah. bit. Uh, it's I can't think of her the actress's name. Yeah, I actually just rewatched a... that movie a month ago too. It's she, the first time since I'd seen it when it came she's out. She's the German actress. Uh, I right. I can't think of her name either. But I just didn't like that storyline, so you know, it didn't do it for me. And I'm not a big fan of the Kill Bill series. I mean, they're really? okay, but it's just kind of overdone for me. Th- that's probably his I mean, it most, is, but... it's probably his most polarizing movie. It's purposely overdone. Like that's why especially I love it. overdone. I don't mean like death proof, like in my face, too much blood. It's just like you know what? One movie would have just would have been fine. I didn't need a two part series. Um, and I'm actually not a big Uma Thurman fan, so that could have been part of it too. I'm not. A big I'm not Uma either. Fan. Uh, she, she's one of probably my least favorite actresses, and yet here she is in two of you know yeah. my favorite movies because Tarantino has some sort of weird fetish for. Her. But whatever. But I do. Rec- <laughs> what I recognize about him is his writing skills. I think he is a oh, fantastic is. writer, and his dialogue. I think we could all say like I love when he has when people have. One on one scenes with big like, chunks you know, of dialogue. Yeah, is yeah. a great example. Yep. Of it. Oh, I love it. Yep. So can't get enough for that. All right, so the I, only one we have left. My, my number one. Jacob's um, number one movie director of all time. Spiel, it's Spielberg. <laughs> and, and I'm glad somebody did it. Yeah. Somebody had to. No, I, if, I we, if we had this list without Spielberg, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, um, that was the easiest one for me. And, you know, do I think Spielberg can do what, what Tarantino or Scorsese can do? Not really, but I don't think they can do what he can do either. Oh, I agree. No, uh, everybody has their... Totally. Uh, and there are times I'm torn where because of Spielberg we have my most hated director, which is Michael Bay, in a way. That's true. Because you know he brought us the blockbusters. Yes. But think about all those blockbusters we got. We had the privilege to watch when yeah. we were kids, and uh, from Jaws, E.T., you know, Jurassic Park, whatever I'm missing. Between. Raiders. I, well, I was thinking Raiders, but I was thinking George Lucas had such a big hand in that too. Oh, that's true. So I'm always I'm always torn up. Who actually directed that one? It was Spielberg. It was Spielberg, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, just he was he. Uh, how sometimes how he can uh, create suspense in his in his you know action movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of maybe James Cameron, few few people can create that. I feel like, and I'm not even sure James Cameron can. Plus, he brings like these 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 uh, personal elements to the storylines where you get like say you get engrossed with a character like Elliot and E.T. Yes. Um, you know, some uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan. Right. Oh, especially Schindler's List. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yeah. You know, when he does some of those movies, you know, when you get a yeah. step away from the blockbusters, and you do right. Schindler's List, Munich, which I think is incredibly underrated. Yeah, uh, and then of course uh, Saving Private Ryan, which I know people have a, um, a differencing opinions on. Opinions on. Um, I love those kind of true story or you know based on true story mm-hmm. elements because I think. Like that that D Day scene, um, yeah, it it's so good, fantastic. Or like in Munich, the scene where the little girl's gonna answer the phone, yeah, and they're running back and forth between the phone booth. Just, I don't, just don't think very few people can pull that off except for him. Um, he has done so. I think he, well, I don't know, people argue this, but I just think he's done more for cinema than any other director. He I, he was. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, he really. 
we talked about pioneers and and game changers. He would be hard one to of the say that time. when you have Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard guys. to define that, but like, he's so in the hard. running. He's it definitely is. when it comes to blockbusters. Blockbusters, yeah, the yeah. modern the yeah. modern film, the modern blockbuster. He was yeah. a game changer, and you know all those things that I said about John Hughes with comedies can be said about Spielberg with action, action. movies because I mean, he brings a heart to action movies that nobody else does he brings an emotion he brings you you actually love the characters mm-hmm. um and and that's that's something that spielberg does that nobody else he makes blah- even as good like war of the worlds was still good though it was you know it wasn't great but it was still good yeah you know i like tom cruise in that movie a lot he and deal with the kids in that movie a whole lot better than what i watched <laughs> yeah this weekend that's true no, Spielberg's fantastic. He's, I mean, he's probably the most popular director of all I time would say, for, for yeah. a good reason. He makes blockbusters. Most blockbusters, when you think about them, are kind of, you know, without any sort of real feeling, and there's not a lot of character development. They're not usually typically good movies. When you think of blockbusters nowadays, you're right. You think of the Michael Bay type movies. You think of Transformers and things like that. But with Spielberg, it's like you got the best of both worlds. You got an action movie that was also a really, really good movie. Yeah. And that's rare. I know it's really cliche to pick him, but I mean, three or four of his movies are in my top lists. You know, I have like a top fifty, and and they're I can't ignore that. You know, he's just he's just done too much. Yeah. And nobody's even mentioned Hook yet. Well, I, 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 you know, I, <laughs> I actually really, like Hook. I did too. Um, you know, actually, going through this list, you know, it's a shame some of the ones I didn't mention. You now, uh, the color purple. Oh, color um, purple's fantastic. Uh, you know, I almost thought it was okay. It wasn't terrible. He yeah. finished up AI. Uh, Catch oh, me if you can. Right. People love Catch me if you can. Yeah. I thought it was good. Uh, so, I mean, Lincoln I'm, was good. He Lincoln was great. Oh, so, yeah. Just, just another guy that whenever his name comes up, I I, I go to the movie. Yep. I mean, he didn't make my top five, but if Spielberg's attached, I'll see it. I have a feeling yeah. if we did top ten, we'd all have probably about the same direction. Yeah. I think so, too. Yep. Spielberg would make my top ten. Um, well, speaking of, do we have people that you just couldn't put on the list, but you, you know, honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah I Spielberg is, is on my list. Uh, Scorsese is on my list. Yeah, top all of mine got both. covered by yeah, somebody think, else. Yeah. I really wanted to put the Coen Brothers and Tarantino, but couldn't. I had John John Hughes at ten. Nice. Y'all know I love Wes Anderson. Yes, um, I was surprised I his, he didn't. His, I was surprised he didn't make your list. Actually. When I really was just kind of looking at it, I don't think his resume is large enough. Plus, I didn't like a lot of his last couple movies. Actually, those are the ones that I do like. I don't really? like his other movies. <laughs> I could not stand Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. I thought it was oh, great. I love Moonrise Kingdom. I did like the one that just uh, that just came out last year. Um, uh, no, Grand Budapest. That Hotel. was that was that was one of his best movie I've seen since like maybe. Um, um, I, I liked Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Did you like Fantastic yeah, Mr. Fox? Yeah, okay. but like I love Royal Tenenbaums, and I have a lot of respect for Rushmore too. Royal Tenenbaums is I love. I just I love that movie. He he killed me with Life Aquatic. Uh, right. That was kind of the, the so... where he started really kind of in my opinion kind of go and I didn't you know not a fan of Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, Fantastic that didn't do anything for me fun, either. But, yeah. You know, he just. Sometimes he tries too hard, or sometimes you wish he'd bring back Owen Wilson. Anyway, I'll get <laughs> off that one. Um, other ones that I wanted to put in there, like I've always, I've always liked Ridley Scott movies. Yes, Ridley uh, Scott. Yeah. Maybe a lot more of his earlier ones. Um, uh, Ridley Scott was a big one for me. Oh, there's all kinds of people I can just name off, but you know, it's a shame that we 
we just didn't grow up watching movies like Woody Allen. Like, right. I actually like Woody Allen. Yeah. He was he I was a big I consideration, him, but I just don't. I haven't seen enough of his stuff, but I loved Blue Jasmine. Billy Wilder, another yeah, one. Billy a Wilder. Shame, yeah, Billy Wilder. Yeah, that we that we don't we don't bring up. I I almost Sidney Pollock. Yes, you know? I actually like yeah. Sidney Pollock. Sidney Lumet, I love a lot. Of course, he directed a couple of Pacino movies, so I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I like. Um, I like Mel Brooks a lot. Those old seventies yeah, films that's a good that he call. did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Michael Mann was a consideration for me because of I love uh, some of his nineties movies. Oh, his nineties movies were outstanding. Yeah. Uh, I wish you. Could, I, I got Danny, uh, Danny Boyle, Guillermo del Toro, Edgar Wright. Del Toro's. A I like some del of these Toro. guys are just they don't have a big enough resume. Yes. Of course, like PTA is like the one. Uh, uh, excuse or uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, have a large filmography, but it, they're so good. Right, we both had to put them on. Uh, Wes Craven for me, he's a horror director, but I actually, I mean, he's yeah. responsible for the Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream series and a bunch of other um, horror movies that I actually like quite a bit. Was there anything for you, Rachel? Uh, you, uh, everybody I've thought of got mentioned. So, the some of the funnier ones that like. Uh, on this big list I created, like George Lucas is so far down it, you know. Really, I oh, was wondering so because far down on my I was list. wondering because I mean you're such a Star Wars fan. Um, I, I was I just can't excuse the prequels. They're so bad. You know, he gave me some of the greatest movies I've ever watched. I, he's, I can't excuse he's such... what he turned into. Yes, man, he. I, I agree. I he's... still say you two need to watch the people versus George Lucas. That is one of the funniest. I do need to. I forgot I about it. Oh, I, uh, I bought have... you a, a VHS. I got you a VHS, by the way, the making of Star Wars on VHS. Oh, cool. And you don't have to watch it. I don't know if you have a, a VCR, but you can at least have the My VHS. My mom does. I'll go buy hers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Heck, a VHS probably goes for 15 bucks. Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> I'm actually surprised nobody said Christopher Nolan, but I'm happy that nobody said Christopher I Nolan. I got to add him to this list. Oh, really? He, I mean, he's so big right now. I loved Memento. I'll never forgive him for Dark Knights. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm done. I, I probably just have an attitude because he became so big, and I feel like he's overrated. You don't like the Dark Knight? Be- no. Huh. <laughs> so, so no. No, I, I didn't, don't want to start a fight this far into the podcast. We'll cover that some other time. Oh, uh, we're gonna do a most overrated that. movies of all time. I can't believe that list sometime, but uh, yeah, so. I think we covered a, a wide variety of directors. No foreign directors were mentioned. That and that's uh, Kurosawa is so big. I, I don't know enough about Bergman, Fellini, and those are guys that honestly. I mean, I've seen some of their films, but I haven't seen enough. I've right. seen their biggest ones, but I haven't seen an, enough of their full filmography yeah. to feel like I can put them I, in. I've got Alfonso Cuarón here. Uh, yes, the big one that I don't know enough about that I wish I did. Is uh, a Moldovar? A Moldovar? I can't say his name right. Pedro oh, Moldovar. actually, I love him. Yeah, he was responsible for. He's done a few Spanish movies that I just absolutely love. Uh, didn't he do uh, Talk to Her? And I think he did The Skin I Live In. He definitely did The Skin I Live In, which which, oh, I, that, that I've never seen. I which I love. love. That movie. Uh, I love that. Yes, he did Talk to Her, The Skin I Live In, which so, I, Volver, which I love. Some of those guys Volver. I just haven't seen enough to where I could you know throw them in there. Yeah, that's that's Broken. my problem with them, them as well. Like I would love to know who directed City of God. You know, that's one of my yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's you know, a that's a good know, question. Foreign movies, no clue. Amelie, the guy who did that. He he's done some stuff, but I don't know anything else. Right. Delicacent, get delicatessen. That's delicatessen. the only movie of his I know that he did, but I can't yeah. remember his name, so it's not even fair, you know. Then you guys got guys like Polanski who did uh, yeah. Repulsion in Chinatown and The Pianist, which I love. 
But then he also probably raped an underage girl. I was going to say, he definitely did repulsion. Yeah. He definitely (laughs) did that. But he is responsible for a few, you know, really great movies. Uh, But yeah, I I think that we, we cover all the best ones because this is... These are our opinions, so obviously we think that's Again, the best that's what's just hard about doing a, 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 a list this broad. You know, yeah. You've done a movies list and a director's list now, so um, yeah, it's hard to leave people off. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you for listening to this week's edition of Pulp Fiction. Be sure to listen next week when we review Inside Out, the brand new Pixar movie. And will it unsee Jurassic World at the box office <laughs> this weekend? We'll find out. 